0: Welcome to episode 17 of Beyond the Veil, a podcast all about Harry Potter and mental health. I'm your host, Madison Ford. At the time this episode goes up, the podcast will be almost 4 months old. I can hardly believe it. Thank you all for listening. In today's episode, I'm sharing my conversation with Ashley. Ashley is a lover of books and film, works in the foster care system, is a huge Harry Potter fan and a big part of our social media team here at Beyond the Veil. We talk in depth about how the Potter books helped her deal with bullying and how she uses them today to cope with her mental illness. I want to give a quick trigger warning for this episode. In our conversation, we discuss sexual assault, disordered eating, and self-harm. These topics are discussed multiple times throughout the episode, So please keep that in mind while you're listening, and remember, always take care of yourself. I think y'all are going to get a lot out of this episode. I know that I did. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond the Veil. Today, we are talking with Ashley. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show with us.
1: You're welcome.
0: Um so, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley? Um
1: I am a Hufflepuff. I am happily married to a Slytherin. Um I'm a huge bookworm, film snob. I'm I'm just that boring that I don't even know.
0: You're a lover of stories, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, there we go. I love, yeah, I love stories. That's, I, I like that answer a lot better. That's about it, really.
0: Oh, well, I know for you that you're a big Potter fan. Um, will you tell us a little bit about, like, the Potter information about yourself?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I only really remember my Patronus from Pottermore. Mhm. hmm um, And it's a dog, and I feel like that's wrong. Um, I feel like it would be a cat, because I'm... A cat person.
0: Oh, I think that's the truth. Then probably you're the <laughs> one who knows.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that quiz just can't be accurate. Sorry, Joe. Um, and I wish I could remember my wand, but I can't remember my wand. Um, and I'm a puck wedgie. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, with the whole Ilvermorny morning stuff. That's all I remember. I don't remember, like, my wand.
0: <laughs> um, so, when and how did your Potter journey begin?
1: I was probably around eight years old, and for whatever reason, um, my mom took me and my sister to a toy store, and I went to the book section, because that's always where I went, and I... Grab the Harry Potter book because it was big, and that made me feel smart. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I started reading it immediately in the car, and I was like, "What is this?" Because on the cover, it's this wizard on this broom, and this is an old man in drills. And (laughs) I, I immediately, was like, "I'm not sure I like what I'm reading," but even like back then I I didn't quit reading a book as soon as I started it and I still don't do that now I'm like I can't quit even if I'm angry (laughs) at this book I can't quit it so I didn't I didn't do that with Harry Potter either and um but I really really got hooked into Harry Potter as soon as I met Hermione Granger on you know the train Mm -hmm. and she's like walking in and I read all the school books already blah 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 you know and I'm just like oh that's me (laughs) that's me you know and all the books that I had read before like I really hadn't connected to really anyone in a book that I had read before and I was like oh my gosh like there's someone like me in a book and I love books and it was just like really exciting and I just went all out for harry potter after that like obsession
0: absolutely
1: yeah like the amount of harry potter stuff i own is ridiculous starting when i was like eight and i'm pretty sure i got the books when in like 1999 so oh wow yeah i have a bunch of stuff from like before the movies were even made and as soon as the harry potter movies were made like i was like Oh my gosh! I'm gonna get to see the Wizarding World. It's all real, like you know, because I was like nine <laughs> when it was like announced and stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna go to Hogwarts. And then I didn't get my Hogwarts letter when I was eleven, and I legitimately cried. That's not a lie. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's a fun story to tell now because everybody knows me in real life as the the girl who's obsessed with Harry Potter. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know how I'm obsessed I am? I literally cried when I didn't get my Hogwarts letter. That's how I'm obsessed
0: I am. Well, it's it sounds like Harry Potter has always been a really like amazing, safe place for you. And um, I know you mentioned that you were bullied in school when you were growing up. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that and how the Potter series was able to sort of help you get through it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I've i been bullied since, well, even before I met, you know, Harry. I keep saying, like, I met Harry, like, well, he's real. Um,
0: she feels like <laughs> it sometimes. It,
1: re- it really does. Uh, but Before I, you know, read the books. But I, I really can't remember even how I even dealt with it. Like, the bullying got extremely, extremely bad when I was in seventh and eighth grade. And I would make every excuse in the book not to go to school so that I could stay home and watch the Harry Potter movies on DVD or I would read the books all day or I would go on MuggleNet or I would go on Harry Potter forums, you know, whatever I could do. I wanted to be in the Harry Potter world because that was that was safe. And if I had to go to go to school I carried this little purse with me and I remember having this little Hermione doll that I stuck in my purse (laughs) and I carried it with me everywhere I went and like just so Harry Potter could be with me because I couldn't bring the books with me because Mm -hmm. I would get bullied for liking Harry Potter so like I just I wanted to be home and I wanted to be with Harry and Ron and Hermione but as I got older I didn't get bullied as much but I did get teased a little bit but I didn't I didn't really care I was like Mm. I'm just gonna sit here and read my Harry Potter book and y'all can make fun of me and I just don't care (laughs) 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 at some point I think my my mental health just reached the point where I just stopped caring about everything including getting bullied
0: I think I understand that feeling, I think other people do, too. Um, it's a, It sucks when you get to that point, when it's just a, you know, there's no more fight or anything, it's just a whatever, this is what life is like, and I'm sorry you went through that. You shared with me that you were also, um, you were sexually assaulted in your youth, and you experienced PTSD, anxiety and panic attacks. and. Um you mentioned this was kind of tied into the bullying and I was wondering if you could talk about that.
1: Yeah. Um I was I was assaulted when I was 11 and then when I was 12.
0: Mhm.
1: By uh one of my own boyfriends who I had to live with. So and around this time was in 7th and 8th grade when the bullying was really bad. Mhm. And so, but I, like, I had quickly really repressed those, um, those memories really, really quick. But those, the feelings that I had feeling, um, really dirty and gross and worthless and, um, just unwanted and, like, a waste of space and, like, I just had all these feelings, but I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. cuz i had started my brain i guess started had protecting itself and I, w- I was going to school and i was being bullied for how i looked and things i liked and it was like confirmation it felt like confirmation mm-hmm. like i am worthless i am i must be gross i must be dirty i must be a waste of space and i ended you know i just i ended up I should yeah I should have stuck to coping with only Harry but I ended up coping with other unhealthy ways and you know I don't know if it's okay to talk about but yeah self-harming at mm-hmm. a young age and I did develop an unhealthy relationship with food at a young age and it was just like because I felt like such a waste of space I didn't want to I don't want to like be around anybody I just wanted to I wanted to be in the safe place, which was, you know, Harry Potter.
0: Yeah, I totally understand.
1: Because that's where I felt, I felt wanted, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I felt welcomed in the fandom, even though I was like little and everybody seemed a lot older. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but.
0: It definitely does. It's when you go through something that traumatic, especially that young uh, there's not really a right or wrong way. Sometimes it just is how it is. Um, you know, I've been through traumatic experiences myself, and it sucks that, that that the world is that way. I don't, I don't have anything to say but that you know, I know those feelings that you feel, um, and it just sucks. And there's no other way to put it.
1: Yeah, basic, basically.
0: Um, but the Potter books, I, I'm curious. You said that you. You felt wanted, um, and that was in the fandom. Uh, can you can you just talk a little more about that?
1: It's just, like, um, really, like, the only place I had friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't have friends, really, in real life. Like, I had my two best friends that I still have today. Um, but, I mean, one of them lived a city away that was, like, a good 30 minutes away, so I didn't get to see her as often. And one I, I did go to school with, but still, I still, I really felt alone. And I think when you struggle with different mental health issues, no matter what, you're going to feel sometimes extremely, extremely alone,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: if you're surrounded by people that care about you. Yeah. Um. And w- when I got home from school and everything, I want, I immediately, I wanted to go on like the forums and everything because I was like these are my friends here these are people that can relate to things that I like and these are people that want to talk about Harry Potter these are people that understand why I like something so much these are people that won't make fun of me for liking something that I like these are people that aren't going to shame me and make me feel bad you know when everybody else around me is making me feel like the garbage that I already feel like I feel like.
0: Uh, That's one of the most amazing things about the Potter fandom is that so many of us were, you know, online talking to people across the world, kind of for the first time in history and found such a safe haven in that community. Um, And uh, I'm curious to know You know, you've talked about dealing with mental health issues as a result of some of the things that happened. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your mental health experiences?
1: I I started getting diagnosed with stuff when I was 16. When I entered therapy, it was very clear that I developed things very, very earlier Mm -hmm. in life, especially with the assault, um, Mm -hmm. with the self-harm and with the unhealthy relationship with food. I, I don't like to self-diagnose so I'm I don't want to like label like I don't know what my relationship with food was back then but I ate a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ate my feelings. At some point my mom and this man broke up and we had left the environment
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I felt like I don't I don't know actually don't know what I felt like but memories started coming back
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening I thought I was making up stuff but then at the same time I was like how does someone who is 11 years old and 12 years old make up something like that yeah but I didn't have anyone to talk to mm-hmm. and so I just, I just kept taking out it out of myself and I, I needed to have some sort of control so i stopped eating mhm and i self harmed more and then i started doing rituals and because i wasn't eating some stuff started happening with my stomach and then that's when i started getting diagnosed with stuff because my mom had to take me to the doctors all the time mm-hmm. and they told me like you have you're struggling with anorexia and i'm just like no, I'm scared to eat, like, you're stupid, and they were like, you have anxiety, and I'm just like, no, I don't, and they were like, you have OCD, and I'm like, okay, maybe that makes a little bit of sense, and for some reason, that one made sense to me, but nothing else made sense, Mm -hmm. but I still didn't want to tell anyone that, about these memories that were happening, right, it wasn't until I was 18, I think, when I f- had a, a boyfriend and I had a very vivid flashback where I realized, okay, this is freaking real and this really happened to me, then I just went super downhill. At 21, I got diagnosed with bulimia and PTSD because I, f- I finally told someone because I went, I went to a psych ward. Mm-hmm. To a, I had to go to a treatment facility for my eating disorder, and I started self-harming so much, I was just in and out of the hospital, like, I was just, I was, I was a mess, and I couldn't, I couldn't handle it, I just couldn't handle it, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I, I also didn't want any of these labels on me, like, and people all around, all around me, felt like, like, my family were telling me, like, you, like you just have all these mental illnesses and blah 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 and i just i felt like that's all i was yeah and now like i I don't know (laughs) i look back and i'm just like i can't believe that was my life
0: (sighs) yeah thank you for being so candid and open i really really appreciate that um i think it's really valuable to be so vulnerable and share yourself like that so just thank you very much i know. I know that that takes a lot of courage to talk about that stuff. So you've been seeing a therapist for a while now. Mm -hmm. And you told me that recently you've sort of made some uh, discoveries about your panic attacks that they get worse during the summer. Um, I'm curious about, you know, what that was like figuring that out with your therapist and how you're dealing with getting through the more difficult seasons.
1: Yeah, um my therapist um I he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh I started seeing him like in 2000 uh 16 I think. Mm-hmm. And he's always told me like you're so intuitive with your with your mental health. It's amazing. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean, but thanks. But I noticed like maybe like a year and a half later like a lot of people were saying around me like man yeah. I always get really depressed in the winter like I hate winter I hate winter and I I was like man I really hate summer mm. and then I started contemplating it and I'm like why do I hate summer I started having the memories come back uh, from when I was assaulted one of one of the times I was assaulted because of the the physical environment that I was in, it mm-hmm. was 1,000% clear that it had happened in the summertime. Wow. And I had told my therapist this because it was in summertime when I um, had been thinking about this. And my PTSD had always just gotten worse in the summer and I I never really thought about it like growing up I the only thing I liked about summer was the fact that I didn't have to go to school right (laughs) and everybody else was just so stoked like I get to go to the beach I can hang out with my friends I can do this like freedom and I'm just like no I feel like really trapped in the summer I hate the summer like drag me to the beach and I'd rather like I'd rather die like Mm -hmm. I don't want to be anywhere please bring fall here quickly in the summer. Like I can't, I can't, I can't, and I couldn't sleep ever. And I was always somebody that could go to bed at like eight o'clock. Like in the summer I was like an insomniac. I couldn't fall asleep and I was afraid to go to sleep because Mm -hmm. I knew the nightmares were coming. I, but the thing is, is that everything about my, my PTSD and with recovering and doing therapy with my therapist now is that I, I felt like I already knew all of my triggers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then like this one just blew my freaking mind. Yeah. Like I was like, Holy crap. Like summer is a trigger. What? Like
0: it's a big one.
1: Like that's a, that's a heck of a long trigger. Cause that's a lot of months.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> Like, I mean, at least I can avoid these other things most of most of the time, but I can't avoid summer. It comes every year
0: right. <laughs> and
1: and where I live, it's basically like half the whole friggin year. So it was just like it blew my mind. And yeah, I can't believe that I' just even figured out like half my life why I hate summer.
0: <laughs> that's such a big moment when you discover a big trigger like that that's a It's always, it changes your whole worldview, you know, especially like you're saying, like if it's a whole season of your life that just becomes this, oh my gosh, and everything, it's like the veil is pulled back finally and everything makes sense. Right,
1: it's like everything makes sense now.
0: So um, how are you using the world, the safe space, the wonderful world of Harry Potter to help you get through these difficult summers.
1: Yes, i I always reread Harry Potter every year. Mm-hmm. And since I discovered that summer is my most hated time of year, mm-hmm. um, as soon as it starts getting hot, actually, I, I just picked June. <laughs> I'm like June's uh-huh. coming. I'm ready for <laughs> June. June's coming soon, <laughs> and. I pick up Sorcerer's Stone and I'm like it's time it's time to start reading Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I just reread the series and I have I sadly have to pace it so it lasts all
0: summer but um (laughs) can't do it all in (laughs) two days unfortunately (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: and I read I read really fast so like I really do have to pace myself like and it, it sucks. so I have to read like three books at once so like (laughs) I don't read (laughs) Harry Potter so bad and then I and then I have to have you know the Harry Potter movie marathons and all of that and um, I just I need it I need it so bad like yeah I just I need those rereads and I used to just reread Harry Potter whenever I wanted but you know summer was never something I looked forward to and now I have at least something to look forward to in the summer, like I'm like, yes, like i can i'm I can reread Harry Potter, yeah, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay,
0: yeah, I'm curious to know if are there any moments or places or just things in the series that bring you more joy or help you, especially more than others
1: i I love I think anytime any of the characters get really sassy. Mm-hmm. those are my favorite moments <laughs> when I laugh out loud have a biscuit Potter like yes please <laughs> like I, I will laugh at that every time i laugh like yes and um when Harry's like um I don't know Voldemort like <laughs> yes Harry yes Harry preach like <laughs> just like and then Ron like, or yeah Ron and the I think it's the first book and he's like well great like it'll be gone by next Tuesday Even when they're talking about the sorcerer's stone like I'm just yes. like, oh my gosh like like I'm like just these little sarcastic moments I'm like just kill gonna... and they're like um and then the scene um just the I love the scene um when Fred, George, and Jenny are dancing around there, like, he got off, he got off, he got off. <laughs> yes. and just, like, all these little scenes and um, I really want a t-shirt, too, that says you know, who are, or what are Fred and I, next door neighbors and, like, it's just these little quirks that there are these little quick wit moments that I'm just, yeah. like, I love it, I love it, Joe, like you're so witty and those moments are like, I just treasure so much, just these one-liners, like, yes. so good at them.
0: Like... Yes, they're <laughs> so wonderful to re-enjoy over and over again. Um, yeah, and, like, they're still funny no matter how many times you read them. <laughs> like... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all of your mental health experiences, um, you work in the mental health field in the foster care system. Can you tell us a little bit about working with these children?
1: It can be the hardest job, but it is the most rewarding job mm-hmm. because it's it's just these, I don't think these kids realize how much that they are cared about just by the people that are around them who, who work with them. And it's just, I've never had a job where I'm like, okay, I I want to go to work. And I have a job now where I'm like, okay, I want to go to work. That's wonderful. I, I really don't mind going to work today.
0: <laughs> like
1: <laughs> I am exhausted, but I don't mind going. <laughs> yeah. And like the, they're yeah. tough kids, and I look at them and I'm like, they're these are these are brave kids.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know the and the world sadly kinds of kind of forgets about them. Yeah. And, and I sadly would have forgotten about them if I didn't work in in this system. And now I'm like always, like you know, don't forget about these kids here that exist that right. you can totally help, that you can that you can adopt, that you can foster. Like these kids need love. Like literally, that's all they want. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just like. Even though, like, I only, with with the shift that I work, even though I only spend maybe, like, two or three hours with them, mm-hmm. like, it's the, it can be, like, the best two or three hours of my whole entire day, mm-hmm. uh, or it can be the hardest two or three hours of my day, depending, <laughs> depending on the shift, but, but still, like, even if it's the hardest day, I, I still love seeing their faces, and, if if that makes any sense.
0: It does. It Definitely does. I'm curious. I know a lot of these children may have experienced trauma of some kind and I'm curious to know how your own mental health has impacted your relationship with them and how you kind of go about your job.
1: I actually find it very interesting because my one of my main coworkers she doesn't have mental health issues and seeing how she interacts is totally different than I interact. And it's not like a batter, you know, it's not a bad thing or anything, but it's just, it's just interesting to me because I'm like, I can see things a little differently or I can notice things a little, you know, Differently than maybe like my coworkers can, because I've I have trauma in my life, and um, or I have experienced things that maybe my coworkers haven't. But it also hurts my heart that these kids have, you know, do some of the things that they that they do. Also, I think it's a lot easier to be able to notice what triggers them and how I can hopefully bring down bring them down if I notice that they get triggered because I know that if I get triggered I have a face Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a face that I make I don't know what the face is but I just I know from like what people say they're like Ashley you okay and so I know I put on a face I just don't know what it looks like. <laughs> but, but I know, like, I know these kids' faces. And so, you know, I see them more than, like, I see probably my husband because, you know, I work with them. It's like if they get... If something happens, I can see their face and I know that they're triggered. It's just, like, each kid you have to know differently. Yeah. And, um, but also, like they they change so much. Like some kids I've known the whole time I've worked there, some kids I haven't known for very long at all. They just change so much, but also like they might respond better to me than someone that you know, they that I work with that has only worked there maybe like half a year. Yeah. And so like I'm just like let just let me let me handle it. Like let me let me try to handle this situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because like we we have a little bit more of a of a relationship, and um, I can probably calm her down better. Um, I find it I just find it really interesting, and we're we're not really like allowed to talk about like our personal lives with the kids. Yeah, but um, I will always remember this one kid. She was a big Harry Potter fan, and um, she had done something that she regretted. And I was just talking to her and I was like, you know, like sometimes we just do things in the moment that seem super rational because it's the only thing that we can think of because mm-hmm. we are hurting so bad and it seems like it's the only answer. And, you know, that's sometimes, you know, that's okay because right now you're alive and you're breathing and that's all that yeah. matters. Right now, you know that it was irrational, and that's super important because you learned, and now you know what not to do, and hopefully next time you feel that way, you can get yourself out of that mindset. She kind of just looked at me, and she was like, "Finally, someone who gets it." And, you know, I started talking to her a little bit more, and I can't, I can't really remember what I said, but. I, I think it was something along the lines like, you know, I've been there, and she kind of like rolled her eyes, and, like a teen, like a teenager does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, right. No one has it as bad as me. And I was like, I was like, it's okay. You don't have to believe me. It's fine. I was like, just know that I don't lie. <laughs> Some time went by, and um, I have a whole lot of scars on my arms, and I always wear long. I well, I had always wear wore long sleeves um, when I was working because I was like, you know, I don't know these kids well enough. I don't know if they could get triggered mm-hmm. if they see scars of self harm. I don't know. And um, but I had been washing dishes, and um, you know, they're they're taught to put their dishes in the dishwasher and stuff, and so. This girl that I talked to, like, maybe, like, a couple weeks beforehand that I just, you know, was just talking about, she sees the scars on my arm, and she's like, like, her face just changes, Mm -hmm. and she's just like, Miss Ashley, and I was like, what? Because sometimes I I completely forget they're there, Uh, you know, I was just like, what? She's like, you, you used to do that. And I was just like do what <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she just like kept she just kept pointing to like my arm and I was just like oh I was like oh crap oh crap I'm like crap 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 and I was like oh you know I started like quickly like rolling my sleeves down I was like oh yeah you know it's like it's you know yeah like when I told you that I knew what it felt like I wasn't <laughs> lying like uh, she she said miss Ashley we're fighters and I was like you know what you're right and like anytime I ever feel like really stressed out like at work like I always remember this kid always remember this kid because I don't know like she made me feel like I have really made like an impact that's wonderful and like now I'm just like I I If I'm hot, I just take off, like, my hoodie, and it has opened up conversations with kids. Like, how do I stop doing it? How do I stop doing it? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, and I'm totally open to, you know, advice if they, if, if anyone ever asks me, like, how do I stop? Like, I will totally welcome that conversation because I don't know who might need that conversation because they might be afraid. Yeah. to ask that but if they see it they m- might not feel alone anymore and they might not be afraid to ask that question
0: yeah you know if,
1: if that makes sense
0: <laughs> definitely that's really a beautiful story and thank you for sharing it it's um, my
1: favorite story I love that kiddo
0: we're coming up on the end of our time here so I just wanted to know if you have any Any final words of wisdom or advice or anything you'd like to share with everybody?
1: I think, I think Harry Potter is a great example for everyone. Just always keep fighting. Harry's always fighting and he never gives up. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't give up either.
0: I love that. That's perfect. Thank you. Ashley thank you so much for again for being so vulnerable and sharing so much of your story it really means a lot to me and I think that um, everyone listening will have something to get out of this conversation so thank you for joining me
1: you're welcome I hope it helps uh, somebody
0: (laughs) I think it will (laughs) That was my interview with Ashley. Ashley, thank you again for being on the show and sharing your story with us. I just want to take a minute to remind everybody listening that you are not a waste of space. You are a valuable, amazing, magical person, and you are welcome here in this podcast community. I don't think we say that enough to each other, so I just wanted to say it. (laughs) Um, Thank you all for listening. If you have a story of how Harry Potter has been there for you in your life, we would love to have you as a guest on the show. Please visit our website and submit your story through our submission form. You can also submit anonymously if you'd like your story to be read at the end of the show as a whisper. Join me next week for another conversation in the headmaster's office. Take care.